everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Studio 77 podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to thank each and every one of you that took time out of your day. I know your time is very valuable, but you took time to listen to my very first episode. I do appreciate it, and I would appreciate if you subscribed, if you left a five-star review. I would absolutely love that, and share with your friends. We're trying to expand the Mavericks community, and this is one way to do it. So today we're going to get into Christian Wood. Last episode, I talked about what the Mavericks did over the offseason, and I left out Christian Wood because I wanted to go through him and the addition of Christian Wood today. So before we get into Christian Wood, we have to realize that he is not the be-all, end-all piece for the Mavericks. He is not going to solve all of our big man problems or all of our problems in general, but he is a great addition for the price that we got him at. We gave him, we gave the Rockets four players who don't really play. And yes, it's hard to see Boban go, but we gave him four players that don't really play in our late first round pick for a guy that is going to be a very vital piece for the Mavericks moving forward. So he is a great addition for the price. Now, a big question we have about him is his attitude. He showed some times on the Rockets where he didn't have a great attitude towards the coach, towards the organization. And guess what? The Mavericks have a great organization. They have a great team together, and everyone seems like they like each other. Now, I don't know if that's going to last forever or if that was just last season, but last season it was amazing to watch. Everybody seemed like they were great friends. They played together. Everybody was on one page, and that's a great shout-out to the coaching staff. And I think that this coaching staff can take Christian Wood and can make him part of the team and can make him feel like he's included and just get rid of a little bit of attitude problems. I listened to the Locked On Mavericks podcast, and they they made a good point. They said that nobody's going to have a great attitude and be happy all the time. Whenever you're on a team like the Rockets last season, who weren't playing for anything important and weren't winning, they weren't playing well. And so it's really hard to go in at the end of the day, it is a job to go into the workplace with that kind of environment where you're not trying to be the best possible. You're not trying to win. And so it is hard to have that kind of attitude. And I think going to Dallas and being on the Mavericks is going to be a really good thing for him. I don't think we'll have as many attitude problems, if any, this year. We also have to note that it is a contract year for him. We see around the league that guys in their contract year they, they tend to play better. They tend to play harder because they're trying to earn their next contract. They're trying to get as much money as possible in their next deal. And it is a contract year for him. And as well as it being a contract year, he does have to earn his minutes. There's been reporting that JaVale McGee is going to start for the Dallas Mavericks. And if that's true, if JaVale McGee really is going to be the starter, then Christian Wood is going to have to earn his minutes. He's not just going to walk in and be the starter for the Mavericks. He's going to have to show he has great attitude, great work ethic, ethic that he plays well along Luca and the other guys and then he's going to earn his minutes so he does have to work very hard to get more minutes and like the Mavericks have said they're going to have to prove it to each other so not only d- does Dallas want to prove to Christian Wood that they want him for the long term Christian Wood has to prove to Mavericks that hey I'm a guy that you do want in your long-term plans that you do want to give big time money next offseason so The Mavericks over the weekend also added another player to a two-way contract, and that was Tyler Dorsey. Tyler Dorsey is a 26-year-old guard drafted by the Hawks in the second round in 2017, and then a year later, he was traded to the Grizzlies. He has played in 
According to RotoWire, he has played in 104 NBA games and has averaged 6.7 points and 2.3 rebounds across 16.1 minutes. So, Tyler Dorsey, he could be a great, good addition. Uh, my thinking is that he's 26 years old. I don't know how much better he's going to get from here. And he's a guard. I don't know how much time he's going to get playing with the Mavericks. And if, if we're going to take a chance on a two-way level type of player, I say we play Jaden Hardy. But let's, let's just say that a couple of our guards, you know, let's say Dinwiddie, you know, needs some time off because of an injury or whatnot. I think Tyler Dorsey can play some time for the Mavericks. But I say before prioritizing Tyler Dorsey to play for us, I say give Jaden Hardy minutes, give, give Jaden Hardy time because he has more room for improvement. And I think he's a higher ceiling than Tyler Dorsey. But it was a nice, cheap two-way contract to add to the team. So in today's around the NBA segment, Woj tweeted early Monday morning that the Celtics could be, and at this moment are, front runners to get Kevin Durant. Now, the Kevin Durant trade drama has been basically the only and the biggest storyline throughout the NBA offseason, and has really took the offseason and ground it to a halt. Whenever Kevin Durant asked for a trade from the Nets, really every team was trying to call the Nets, trying to see if they could get KD. And they weren't going to do any other deals until they knew either one that they were getting Kevin Durant or two that there was no chance. And so Kevin Durant still has not been dealt. And so the league basically has come to a stop. But Woj tweeted early Monday morning while most of us were sleeping that the Celtics could be the front runners for Kevin Durant. So potential trades. This probably has to involve Jalen Brown. And the reports are that the Celtics have offered Jalen Brown. It's going to have to offer, they're going to have to offer a mid-range level contract and also draft picks. So what ha has to happen is the Celtics have to send back at least $35.2 million to make it work, to go $35.2 million back to the Nets to get Kevin Durant, according to the CBA. So they have to involve Jalen Brown, who is a pretty big contract, and then a mid-range level contract to fill in the rest. And then they're going to have to give up a bunch of draft picks. So why do the Celtics want Kevin Durant? Well, I think this makes their title run go faster. It's going to open the current window a little bit wider. I think right now there are a couple teams that are still better than them, such as, you know, obviously the Warriors, Clippers, Nuggets, and, you know, maybe the 76ers. We'll see. Um, but the Celtics want to widen their current title chances in the immediate. But I think because Kevin Durant is older and Jalen Brown is much younger, this is going to shorten their title window for the foreseeable future. So it makes it more likely that they win a title in the short run, but in the long run, it might tie them up because Kevin Durant is a longer contract and he is a little bit older. So do the Nets like the package? So there have been reports that the Celtics offer Jalen Brown and picks basically, and then a mid-range level contract, like I said before. And the Nets kind of declined it. They said they want more picks, and they said they also want Marcus Smart in the deal. So do the Nets like the package that the Celtics are willing to give up? So it depends really on if the Nets are gauging it by the Go Bear trade. So we all know that Minnesota Timberwolves probably overpaid for Rudy Gobert. And this also has been a contributing factor in stopping the offseason for the NBA. 
So if the Nets are looking at the Gobert trade saying, well, Kevin Durant is a much, much better player than Rudy Gobert. He's good at both offense. He's better at both offense and maybe defense. He's more switchable. And so if they're looking at that saying, we have a guy that's a top five player in the NBA, we need to get more for our guy than the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. So I think they, if you're the Nets, I think there's no way to get more than what the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. I just don't think that any team is going to offer anything more than that. And no team really has more than that to offer. And so I think they, if they're dead set on trading Kevin Durant this offseason, I think they have to get the best deal they possibly can. I don't think they can base it off of the Rudy Gobert deal because I think that was insane. I think the Timberwolves were just, they have a new owner. They were so ready just to do something. They had quote unquote, do something syndrome. And they just they just wanted to make a big splash and to make the fans happy. And they went out and they got Rudy Gobert. And I think they overpaid for him. And so the Nets are not going to get that from the Celtics for Kevin Durant. So either they have, they have two options to either trade Kevin Durant and just get the best deal possible and not necessarily gauge it off of what the Timberwolves gave up for Rudy Gobert, what the Jazz got for him. But I think they just need to gauge it on what's the best deal that we can get for ourselves. Or they can keep Kevin Durant and they can bring him into the new season, which I personally think is the better idea. Um, barring, you know, personality issues and him not playing, which I don't think he's going to do. He is an older player. He doesn't have that much time left at this level. So I do think that Kevin Durant will play. I don't think he's just going to sit out because he wants to be traded. I think it's the best idea is to bring him back. But if the Nets are dead set on giving him up, on trading him, I think they just need to get the best deal they possibly can and not base it off of the Gobert deal. So what does this mean for the whole league, the NBA as a whole? This probably means the Celtics win the championship or they're at least the favorites to do so right now. The Nets, on the other hand, they get a great player in return. They can help them be in title contention. You think they have Kyrie Irving, who it looks like they're going to bring back into the new season. They have, if they trade for Jalen Brown, they're going to have a bunch of picks. They're going to have another mid-range level contract, such as a Marcus Smart, a Peyton Pritchard, Derek White, that kind of guy. To go along with TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, it's going to be a good, solid, Nick Claxton. It's going to be a solid, solid team. And Jalen Brown has much more room for improvement that Kevin Durant does. Kevin Durant is an obviously much, much better player. But who knows how many great years he has left. He has an injury history. He's, I think, 34 years old. He's going to start regressing in the next couple of years. Jalen Brown is extremely young. He's going to keep getting better. And I think for the Nets, if they want to say, we want to keep our window, title window open for the foreseeable future, it's a great thing to go out and get a guy like Jalen Brown. So this probably, if they do this deal, this probably is going to be the championship matchup. Not the finals, but the conference championship. I think this will make these two teams, the two, let's see if Kyrie Irving actually plays for the Nets. But I think this makes, in the East, the two best teams. And so it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be insane, full of talent. And I think in the short term, maybe the Celtics win this deal if they get this done. But in the long term, I'm saying the Nets win the deal. I think, you know, the Celtics probably are going to win a cha this championship and maybe the next one. 
But after that, the Nets are going to have draft picks. They're going to have Jalen Brown, a guy who's going to get better. If they want to go out and trade Kyrie Irving, they can get a bunch of assets for him back and even another good player. They're going to have Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, who looked like in looking like Michael Jordan during the bubble, and he's not going to be that good. But they got him for a great co contract, and he's a very, very solid player. And so they have a solid team, a solid core, and if they can just manage the – Ben Simmons, they have Ben Simmons. If they can just manage the personalities and get them to play together and get them to buy in in what Steve Nash wants to do, I think that the Nets can, if they make this deal, they can win the trade long term. They can win championships down the road that maybe the Celtics won't be able to do. Well, guys, that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. It has been a pleasure to be able to sit in front of this microphone and talk about the Mavericks and talk about basketball. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode coming out on Friday. Peace.